0: Welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. You are listening to episode 90 Seven Strategies to Improve Your Child's Memory. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb, a mom just like you, raising a bright daughter with dyslexia. I look forward to sharing what I'm learning on my dyslexia parenting journey with you. And remember, you are not alone. You got this. Let me ask you a question. Does your child have a hard time keeping maybe one piece of information in mind while doing something else? So, multitasking? For example, let's say you're doing the laundry together and your child is in charge of folding the clothes. But your child leaves for a second because she needs to check or answer a text message. She says she'll be right back. And she literally forgets to come back and help fold the laundry. It's not because she's avoiding it. But she legitimately forgot what she was doing prior to getting focused on this other task. Working memory is one of your brain's executive functions. And according to the International Dyslexia Association, 20 to 50% of children with dyslexia have weak working memories. This is compared to only 10% of students who do not have a specific learning difference. So out of all the students in schools, only 10% have weaknesses of working memories. Now, those are, like I said, for students who do not have a specific learning difference. But for those of us that have dyslexic kids, that means 50% of you listening has a child with a weak working memory. Uh, I've got my hand up. Well, understood.org has some really great resources here, but what I love the most is I love the way they define working memory because it gives me a visual. They describe working memory as a temporary sticky note in your brain. So let me give you an example. Let's say that your child is doing math in class and the teacher is having a conversation with them, so they're having to keep these figures mentally. They're not writing those down. She asks the students, she says, you know what, add 40 and 13. And then she says, from there, subtract 5. Well, the child with weak working memory may remember the numbers the teacher said at the beginning, 40 and 13. But he may not recall what he's supposed to do with them. He might not even hold on to the sum of 53. So first, the student would have to mentally add 40 and 13, so keep both of those those numbers in their brain and then add those together, and then from there, the next step was to subtract 5 from it. So, for some students that have that weak executive function of working memories, those multiple steps mentally, they just can't do it. So, even following practical instructions, when children have weak working memories, like I said, they can't hold that set of instructions. I mean, for example, like long division, they may not remember all those steps. Or maybe it's the scientific method. They can't remember all those steps. And they may not remember them in the correct order. And they also may not be able to use that information later. So some children with weak working memories may find that information they have remembered doesn't make much sense. Like they remember a A piece of it, but they don't remember what it goes with. So when children have trouble with their working memory, their brain doesn't package it properly to begin with. So they don't put it in a context. Well, children that use working memory, they really struggle all the time. They struggle with the need to have those multi steps directions, and so they really need time to learn those. And they need things that really follow through that multi-step direction or solving a problem like math, it's hard for them to keep those in their head. I want to give you a little bit of an example, too, of when you visualize what working memory or short-term memory may look like. Dr. Daniel Franklin gives this example, and I absolutely love it. He said, envision an hourglass. And at the top of the hourglass is all the sand. So we flipped it over and all the sand is at the top. And in the middle, there's a narrow piece in the middle. So the top part is our working memory, our short-term memory, all the things that are coming in. And they're having to be funneled through this narrow part of the hourglass. So it goes through the narrow part and then it hits the bottom, which is our long-term memory, where we sometimes need to get information. Not everything has to go into our long-term memory. Maybe you're just trying to remember your grocery list and you need to jot that down on a sticky note. That doesn't need to forever stay in your long-term memory. So one of the things that children run into a problem with is when you think about that hourglass is that too much is spilled into that short-term memory. So at the top of the hourglass, it's only so big. And so if the sand flows in too quickly... Before the child can process it down the middle or process it long enough to write it down somewhere, then it overflows and it goes everywhere and it's not in the hourglass for them to keep a hold of. Well, you can help your child improve their working memory by building some simple strategies, things that you can use with your child in everyday life. Really, no matter what grade your child is in, these tips will work in most grades, and they will help students be able to recognize how they best learn and study, because we all have preferred ways we study. So, let's run through these. I want to go through all seven strategies and then come back and let's let's dissect them, so to speak. So the first one is model calm. The second strategy is use visualization. The third is teach it to you. Four is practice active reading. Five is chunk information. Six, create timelines, diagrams, and mind maps. And seven, use multisensory. Don't worry about having to take notes. I've got all of this in the show notes for you at dyslexiamomlife.com. Let's go to the first one. Be calm. We'll really model calm, but be calm, I like too. So let's use that. When sitting down to actually physically do homework with your child or study with your child, it's important that you are mindful as how you are feeling. I mean, before you start to work with your child, make sure that you're able to model calm. to be calm in the situation. This will help your child also be able to regulate their emotions, and that plays a big part in the process of remembering information and how our brain works. If you are calm, then your child is more likely to be calm. Are you having a bad day? Guess what? You're human, and you're a mom. You're going to have stressful days. So, before sitting down to, take, to do that homework with your child or to work through the homework with your child, Take a family walk, play basketball, or take five to ten minutes to yourself. It's a win-win for you both. When we are at our best, we can give our child the best. So, let's go in with as much calm as possible. That might mean counting to ten with some deep breaths in your closet. And you know what? That's okay. Figure out your thing and do that. Number two, use visualization. This is really important because how the brain processes for children with dyslexia and, and students that are struggling with executive functioning using visualization really helps them with their working memory. So, encourage your child to create a picture in their mind of what they just read or heard. You know, ask your child to describe what happened after reading a page, a paragraph, or a chapter What did it look like? So that visualization of, you know, you could even ask them to close their eyes and visualize what they're seeing and have them describe it to you. If they can can pull pictures together in their mind, it is so helpful. That's why some students really struggle with sight words. The word the, there is no visualization for the word the. So our children you know, are more successful when they're able to visualize uh, a word or a concept. So encouraging that will help them. Three I love. The third one is teach it to me or teach it to you. So ask your child to teach something to you. Ask questions that have your child explaining a concept to you. Being able to explain how to do something, you know, it really helps your child make sense of the information and It's like a mental filing cabinet. It helps them file that away. Maybe your child is learning a new skill. Maybe they're learning the steps of long division. Ask your child to teach you that skill. Say, you know, what are those steps? Let's talk about that. That lets your child start working with the information right away. And you know what? When your child does that, it helps their brain to remember that information and to hold on to it. Hey guys, I want to pause for a minute and ask you a question. Are you enjoying this podcast? Would you like to support this podcast? Well, right now, you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee to show your support. I really appreciate it. You may also be asking, how in the world do I stay organized and get things done? Well, I have three words for you. Full Focus Planner. Yep, that's what I use. It is a planner that comes four times a year, so it's by the quarter, and I love it. You can get it in different sizes. My favorite part about the planner is every day I get to set an intention of completing three things, because when you have that long to-do list that's pages long, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel defeating. And so Michael Hyatt, who is the person behind the Full Focus Planner and how to prioritize and organize your day... He has created this amazing planner. I've used many planners, digital planners, you know, printed planners. And I find his to work best for me because it is in smaller chunks with the quarters. And it also, I love just getting something new in the mail every couple of months. It just kind of refreshes me and gets me to not really start anew, but it helps me to really focus on just those few months. And as we get close to 2022, can you believe it? You can also get your own Full Focus planner. I will have a link in the description and the show notes. If you use that link to purchase a Full Focus planner or any other products that they have, you can use that link to get $10, 10 rather, not 10%. $10 off your order if you order by December 20th. I mean, what a great present to buy yourself. I absolutely love my planners. Well, let's get back to it. Number 4 practice active reading. I don't know about you, but there are sticky notes and highlighters in pretty much every room of our house and where I'm working. There's a reason highlighters and sticky notes are so popular because when we write down notes and underline or highlight text, it can help us keep the information in our mind long enough to answer questions about it or as a reminder. When you're talking out loud and asking questions about the reading material, you can also help with working memory because you're having those conversations. You're practicing that active reading. If you can connect what your child is learning with emotions, that's another way that really helps your child connect with the details and also helps the the memory and the brain to remember it. Recently, our daughter had to write a paragraph at home She had to summarize a chapter in the book they were reading in her language arts class. And I'll tell you, sticky notes were a lifesaver, and I didn't even realize it. Her teacher had the class actually write out a sentence on three separate sticky notes. And then there was a little B, an M, and an E, and they were circled on each piece of paper, each sticky note. And so I asked her, I said, I don't, what do these letters stand for? She's like, Mom, beginning, middle, and end? Oh, the beginnings. So, one sentence was for the beginning of the paragraph, another was for the middle of the paragraph, and then there was a sentence for the end of the paragraph. So, then at home, she was able to put the sticky notes out in order, and there were her sentences. She just had to write those, and that was her paragraph. So, simple, yet brilliant. What a great idea to help our children with working memory. Shout out to Ms. Dishman. An amazing idea. Number five, chunk information. Do you still remember your home phone number as a kid? Oh my goodness, what about any time someone asks you for your social security number? Do you have to dig through your purse or your wallet to find it? Do you have to look up or do you just remember it? I mean, do you have to look that up somewhere? It's easier to remember a few small groups of numbers than it is to remember just one long string of numbers. So the fact that our social security number is in little chunks, our phone numbers are in chunks, it helps you to remember. Now I have to admit, nowadays with the iPhone, I just have someone's name. I don't ever have to type the number in, so I've lost that opportunity to remember those numbers. But I want you to think about that. Keep that in mind when you need to give your child a multi-step direction write it down, and then give it to them one at a time. You're going to chunk it up for them so they can digest it and remember it. Six, create timelines, diagrams, and mind maps. All amazing ver- uh, vi- visual <laughs> visual pieces that really help our brains. Our brains love, let's talk about timelines first. Our brains love things that are in sequence. So even using like simple pictures or illustrations, it can help visualize the concept. So maybe you have your timeline and you have pictures of people and locations and details. You can do this by purchasing a poster board to, to diagram it out on to make the timeline. You can just use copy paper if you need to and kind of tape that together on a wall in your house to create a timeline if you're working on a big project with your child. So you can make a large timeline. That's a lot of fun too and you can keep adding to it. So timelines are a great way to visualize in a sequence, what's happening and helps to remember concepts. Diagrams can also be a great way to use visuals to process and understand new topics or review topics. A third thing that I really like about more of a visualness, visual pieces, is what they call mind maps. And those are pretty popular right now. If you type in mind maps, you'll see a lot of examples. And one of the things that kids really like about them is there's lots of colors in them and pictures that represent those concepts. And I'm going to give you a resource in the show notes where you can go and actually see some examples of what mind maps look like. Because they can also be a lot of fun. So if you think about kind of like a word web or if you think about, you know, how you would put a word in the middle and draw a circle around it and then lines out. It's kind of hard to say visually. Lines out with different concepts. It's all about just kind of mapping it out in a visual way. All right. Strategy number seven is use multisensory, and for students with dyslexia, multisensory is a game changer. You are going to use multiple senses to process information. This is going to help your child with working memory and long-term memory. So let's talk about that. Here are a few examples. So maybe you write tasks down so your child can look at them. So you you know we talked about earlier writing those in chunks, but writing it down for that visual piece. Maybe you say it out loud so your child can hear them. So maybe you're doing both. You know what? Another great thought is, you know, walking through the house as you discuss chores your child needs to complete. So you're actually taking it a step further. So multisensory is just like it says, getting all the different senses involved. So the brain is firing and listening and just taking it all in. Let me give you a couple other like more hands-on things. What about jumping rope? Maybe going outside and shooting some hoops or bouncing a ball. When learning, this can really help. Our daughter loves to jump rope or bounce a ball when saying and spelling her red words, for example. The more senses you can involve, the more that your brain will be stimulated and it wakes it up to learn. Get your child involved. What would he like to try? Well, try some things and see what helps. You know what? Our kids love to move. It's boring to sit for hours at the kitchen table struggling to study and learn after spending a full day at school in their desk. Let's get creative and let's make it fun. If you want to learn more about memory and tips to help your child, Dr. Daniel Franklin has some great examples and tips in Chapter 9 of his book, Helping Your Child with Language-Based Learning Disabilities, Strategies to Succeed in School and Life, with dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, ADHD, and processing disorders. I interviewed Daniel on the podcast. He was on episode 20. I will put a link to the book and his interview in our show notes. dyslexiamomlife.com backslash episode 90. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that other moms can find the podcast. And you know what? That is the hugest compliment you can give us. And if you have a favorite, share your favorite episode on social and then tag us at Dyslexia Mom Life. And remember, you got this.